Thank you, band. It's lovely to welcome everybody, give you a warm welcome to uh, church this morning. Are you okay? Thank you, Jane. You all right, Jane? I always find baptism quite a strange concept in, in as much that maybe for people that don't come to church on a, on, on a weekly basis, we're essentially this morning going to take a group of people and we're going to dunk them down into the water. I always find that quite a weird thing that we, that, that we do, and then we're gonna, we are going to bring you back a bit after as well. We're not going to, but this morning, we're not, we're not going to flick water on them. We're not going to spray water on them, but we're actually going to push them right down into that water, okay? And then we're going to pull them right back up again, and it's called full submersion. <laughs> we don't baptize people in this church because they come to this church. We don't baptize people in the church because they are dressed well on a Sunday morning. We don't baptize people in this church because they are regular members or because they maybe give their, their money. Now, in the, in the New Testament, believers were actually baptized the same day that they became Christians. Baptism is for people that have said that I'm going to live my life and I'm going to live it for God. I'm going to ask God, I'm going to ask Jesus Christ to come into my heart and into my life, and I'm going to live for him. And that's the premise that we baptize people on and nothing else. You know, if we become a Christian, the Bible talks about our next step is always that we become baptized. Baptism says that we are going public with what we believe. It's an action that identifies us with what we believe. So firstly, baptism is an act of obedience. So when Jesus was on earth, one of the last things that he said that he ever recorded was to his disciples. And he said it in Matthew 28 verse 19. And it says this, therefore, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. You can say that it was pretty much his, it was his goodbye speech before he went to the cross. I'm always amazed that of everything that he could have said to those disciples that day, he said those words. You know, he could easily have said, I want you to go and build big churches around the world. He could have said, I want you to go and have great meetings with loads of people and a band playing but he didn't say any of that. He said, go make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. He basically says to his disciples, look, I've said an awful lot over the last three years. You are not going to remember everything and that's okay. But tell the people what you remember. Make sure as soon as people start believing and following me, they, they need to know it's not just enough to have this head knowledge of me. It has to be something that drops down into their heart. You know, it's so easy when we maybe pick up the Bible, we can read the Bible, we can know about God, we can know about the things that he has done from a very academic level. We can have a great understanding of the dates and the times and the, and the places that Jesus lived. But that can very much be our head knowledge, our understanding, our human understanding of who God is and what God has said about his son. 
But the Bible says that when we become Christian, that head knowledge drops down into our heart and we start believing in a way that we never did before. When the head knowledge becomes our heart knowledge. And when we do, something starts to change in our life. In John 14, it says this. If you love me, keep my commandments. When head knowledge becomes heart knowledge, things start to change. And we start to love Jesus. And we start to obey what he's told us to do. We start to become that word that the Bible talks about. We start to become obedient to God and and the way that God calls us to live for him. Baptism this morning for these guys shows their obedience to God's command. Because when something drops down into our heart, there is always an action. There's always an action. Can you remember the first time you fell in love? For some, it was a longer time ago than others, I can see, La. You know, when we fall in love, it's not just our head knowledge of it's somebody that we're going out with, but it drops down into our heart, doesn't it? It becomes an, an action. I can imagine Lawrence probably like skipping through the fields, holding Jan's hand, Walking down the street and for no apparent reason just smiling as he's walking down the street. People thinking he's weird. Look at him smiling there. (laughs) Singing because our head knowledge of his love for Jan has dropped down into his heart. And there's an action. Something is starting to take place. Have you noticed any of you on, hands up if you're on social media of any type Yeah, most people, some of you are embarrassed to put your hands up. I know you are. On social media, have you noticed that now it says, it's got like a little heart, and it says, in a relationship. Have you seen that? Have you seen that? Yeah? In a relationship. And it's because people, when they get into a relationship, it's going public with it. It's telling people on the outside what's going on on the inside. And maybe they've been... They haven't been with a, with, a, with a boyfriend or a, a girlfriend for a long time. And suddenly they want the world to know. So they put in a relationship. I love that. That's great. <laughs> Baptism isn't an optional extra when we become a Christian. It's not something that we can think, well, I might or I might not do it. But the Bible talks about it being a command. It becomes the next step after we become a Christian because baptism is an act of obedience. The second thing baptism is, is that baptism is an act of identification. Now, if you support a football team or a rugby team, as many of us do, um, lots of people wear ties, lots of people wear hats, lots of people wear shirts. Uh, I'm unfortunate at the moment. I support a team in Manchester that play in red. Um, and at the moment, it's not a great thing to talk about. But they are the team that I identify and I've identified with since I was a, a seven-year-old lad. And when we get put, baptized, we I- identify ourselves as people that are living for Jesus. 
Now, in the Bible, they says that there was a man, and the man was called John. And John was, how can I explain it? John was like a, an evangelist or, or a preacher that would go around towns and cities and, and squares. And he'd stop in like villages and public squares, and he would start telling people about God. Now, 700 years earlier, there was a prophet, and his name was Isaiah. And Isaiah prophesied, and he said that in the future, there would be somebody coming, and he would be like a voice calling in the wilderness and saying, prepare the way for the Lord. And that's exactly who John was. 700 years later, John would go into public squares and in places, if it was in Newbridge, maybe it would be outside the hotel or it would be in, in Paris Square. And at the time, John would go into these squares. Loads of people would just stop doing what they were doing and they would come into the square and they'd listen to what John had to say. And this is the amazing bit. They listened to what he had to say, they became Christians, and then they got baptized. And this is the really crazy bit for me of the story, is that John only ever had one message, okay? It had three points, a bit like mine this morning. And it never changed. Can you imagine for a minute, coming to church, week after week after week, 52 weeks in the year, and every week you turned up, and I'm preaching exactly the same sermon. Yeah? But that's what John did. And this was his sermon. Point one. He said, repent. Or another word for repent is turn around and take a different path. Say sorry to God for what you've done. So repent, turn around. His second point was turn to God. Now, when you turn around, don't just turn anywhere but actually turn to God and face God when you turn around. And the, his third point was this, get baptized. And every single time John preached that message, crowds of people would gather, people would become Christians, and people would be baptized. We are so blessed this morning to be in such a lovely warm church in a lovely environment. Back then, people wouldn't have been getting baptized in this type of environment. They would have been baptized um, in, in the River Jordan or maybe in the sea. And it would have been cold. Not like this this morning, which is lovely and cold. Okay? Um, and at the same time... People would have been in the Jordan or they would have been in the sea and they'd have been washing their clothes. People would have been going about their daily business just doing life. And some people would have been bathing, other people would have been washing. Can you imagine for a moment going into the, into the river and suddenly trying to get baptized and next door to you somebody is doing their laundry? And that's... All joking aside, that's probably what it would have been like at that particular time. It would have been a very public place. A little bit like this this morning. This is quite a public place this morning when these guys are going to come and be baptized in front of you. Everybody in that community could see what John was doing. Everybody in that community could see the people that came. And yet something about what John was saying started to resonate in people's hearts. As he spoke, 
something of what he said about Jesus started to ring true in people's hearts and people's lives. And people started to say, I want to be washed. People started to say, I want to be clean. And people started to say, I want to be baptized. And they said, I don't care who sees it because I want to identify with Jesus and the gospel. And here's the brilliant bit. I don't care who knows. I don't care who knows. I'm not hiding from it. The people didn't care who knew. I'm going to ask Richard if he'll just put this picture up for me. Now, this is a picture that Gwyn gave me back a little while ago. And it's of a, of a baptism that's happening out in Bulawayo in Zimbabwe, where Gwyn has been going for 30-odd years. And people come in and get him baptized. You know, the first th what's the first thing you notice? The color of the water. Do you know what? Gwyn always told me, nothing will stop these people being baptized. They don't care about the color of the water. They don't care about the coldness. They don't care about the fact that it's in the middle of the square so everybody can see them. Nothing will stop them getting baptized. I don't know why, but whatever I think about baptism, I always think about my, my wedding ring as it being my public declaration almost of my, of my marriage to, to, to Mandy. And just thinking, can you imagine for a minute if, if nobody knew that we were married? Never told anybody. She never told anybody. Never shared it with anybody. It was just a secret. And yet, the ring is that my public dec declaration of my marriage to Mandy. Baptism really is about going public with what's going on the inside. And that's exactly what's happening in this story with John. As people were getting baptized... Have you noticed that's what he gets his name from? John the, the Baptist. Funny that one, isn't it? It's true. That's what he gets his name from. And in the story, the Bible says that John was talking with his disciples one day. And, and he said, someone who was coming, he said, he's greater than me and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And Matthew 3 verse 11 says it this way. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than me, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now I can imagine the disciples. No one's greater than you, John. You are the best. We've been with you. You are the greatest. Nobody's coming to take your place. And yet, as they are talking, who shows up? It's Jesus. He was traveling from Nazareth. And he said to John, John, I've come to get baptized by you. This makes me laugh because I can imagine John. Well, I'm not baptizing you, I'm baptizing you. I'm just an ordinary man. There is no way I'm baptizing you. But in verse 15 of Matthew 3, it says this, and this is where our obedience comes in again. Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agrees to baptize Jesus. Jesus is our example. You know, and I love this, that this morning as these men and women come and they identify this morning of their lives following Jesus. They are not just identifying with Jesus, but when Jesus got baptized, he identifies with you as well. And he calls you sons and he calls you daughters of the living God because he has identified with you as well.
You know, Jesus didn't even need to get baptized. It wasn't like he didn't say, I'm going to baptize me in the name of me. He didn't need to do that. He hadn't even sinned. He was the perfect son of God. But why did he do it? He did it as our example. And, and baptism is a statement to everyone who sees it that I've committed to live for him. Have you noticed that when people get baptized, they tend to ask family and friends and maybe colleagues from work and neighbors? You know, if you've been invited this morning, can I welcome you to Revive Church? It's absolutely lovely to see you with us this morning. Why do people do that? Because this is their testimony. This is their story. And they're inviting people to listen to their story about what God has done in their lives. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Baptism is a defining moment in these people's lives. This is a moment in history. Glenn taught a couple of weeks ago about moments. This is a big moment in people's lives where they identify with Jesus. So baptism is an act of obedience. It's an act of identification. And finally, baptism is an act of renewal. It's a move from a position of death to a position of life. It's a move from what was dead to God is now alive to God. Because there was a time in these people's lives where they were dead to God. They didn't know God. They had no experience of God. God, to them, felt a long way off. But now, they're alive to God in their lives. They're alive to God. And to paraphrase Romans chapter 6, verse 4, it says, When we go down into the water during baptism, it not only identifies us with Christ's death on the cross, but going under the water is the burial of our old life. Coming up out of the water is the symbol of your new life. Now, I remember as a 16-year-old lad that came to this church, probably 16 and a bit. It looked very different at the time. This bit didn't exist. The church was probably by where the pillar is, but they're going back. And I remember being here, and I remember somebody stood on the lectern or on the platform, just like I am this morning, talking about becoming a Christian. And I clearly remember saying, there's no way I can live that life. Because I knew what I was like. I knew what my life was like outside the things I said, the things I'd done, the places I went to, the people I bothered with. And I remember clearly thinking and saying, there is no way I can live this Christian life. Do you know what? I was absolutely right. I can't. And all these years later, I still can't live this Christian life. But when God comes into our lives, he can give us the strength and the ability to live for him. Not in my own strength, but in the strength of God. When we become a Christian, when we are renewed, Jesus then gives us the power to live for him. You know, and if we want to be anything for God, if we want to be anything for God in our, in, in our lives, we need to be renewed. Because do you know what? 
coming to church on a Sunday just doesn't cut it. It really doesn't, you know. Forgive us, God, for thinking that just coming to church is okay. It's not, it's not okay with God. God wants us to give our hearts and our lives to him. We can fill a pew on a Sunday we, and, and just leave. But the Christian's life, there's so much more to it than that. And with this, I'll finish. Give me a show of hands if you like new clothes. Come on, don't be bashful. There's a few other men scared to put their hands in the, in the air. I'm going to put my hand up. I love new clothes. It's my wife here because she's gonna, definitely going to have to put her hands up. <laughs> Neil's going to because everything's off vinted these days, isn't it, Neil? Okay. <laughs> Galatians 3.27 says this. For all of you were baptized into Christ, have now clothed yourselves with Christ. I'll say it again. For all of you who were baptized into Christ, have now clothed yourselves with Christ. When these guys go down into the water today, they leave their old clothes. They leave their old life behind. This is a moment for taking off our desires, our plans, our agendas for our lives. And we put on a new set of clothes. The Bible describes it as this, that we are putting on Jesus. That we are putting on Jesus. And do you know what, friends? We can all do this. Maybe you've come to this church for the first time this morning. Maybe you've come to this church for the hundredth time. You can put on Jesus this morning by leaving behind the life and saying to God, God, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't even know if I can do it. But I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to put my trust and I'm going to put my faith in you. Can I promise you something that when you do, I don't like making promises. If you really put your faith and your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, he will never let you down. He will never let you go. You will always be watched. You will always be taken care of by God. Baptism is an act of obedience. The truth is in their hearts. And as a result, they're obedient to the command of Jesus to be baptized. Baptism is an act of identifying with Christ. They are nailing their colors to the mass this morning. They are saying to their friends, family, and other people that they are going to live for Jesus from here on in. And finally, baptism is an act of renewal. When we are baptized, we leave behind that old life. We put on Christ and we live in the freedom that God gives us to be able to live for him. Shall we pray? Lord, I thank you for this day. Lord, I believe that this is the day that you've made. Lord, I believe that this is a day that you have had pre-planned, that you have preordained for these men and for these women to be baptized. Lord, I just pray your blessing upon them. I pray your blessing upon their, their lives. Lord, I pray that this would be a day like no other. Lord, I pray that this would be a moment within their lives as they fully surrender to you. 
Lord, I just pray for those people that have come this morning to support family, friends. And Lord, I just pray for your presence, Lord, to be with them, to go with them. Lord, I pray that you might chase after them, Lord God. Lord, I pray that the, the words that have been spoken this morning, Lord, I pray that they might just sit in people's hearts. And that, Lord God, that you might help us, Lord, to turn to you. I ask it in Jesus' name.